Space. Some regions are vast and empty, other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from? Blog Talk Radio. This is the 4 FCS Fanatics Radio Show with your hosts, Adam Willie, Preston Adams, Dakota Collins, and Jeff Wigton. And now, here's the show. Hey guys, what's up? I'm experiencing more technical difficulties. So it is now week one here. What's up, guys? We are here with Dakota Collins. Dakota, how you doing? Doing great, man. How you doing? Oh, it's great. Start FDS football again. Isn't it? Yeah, I'm so ready. I've been looking forward to this for weeks, for months. And it's only just a short couple days away. That is true. Good evening, guys. So we're also here with Jeff Wigton. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing okay tonight. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Just watching some old NDSU football games, you know. Understandable. A good way to warm up for the season. Of course, of course. So, Jeff, you want to talk about what we got on our lineup for tonight? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that we have a special guest interview. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking a little bit what's going on around our conferences. Um, and yes, we've got we've got actual football that we're going to be talking about coming up soon. So I think uh, I think that's definitely something that uh, that I I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys think about the upcoming games. Uh, you know for, you know, this weekend and also for our, you know, the games that will be going on during our show next week. Oh, for sure. We've got a few games we'll talk about for next week, and we've got three games we'll talk about for this weekend, including our game of the week, Jacksonville State and North Carolina A&T. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week. Good show. Yeah. Yeah, we'll let you know our special guest here in about an hour when he comes on and joins us. Why don't we kick it off with some talk on our game of the week, Dakota? Yes, sir. You want to start us off? All right. Jacksonville State is your team? Yeah. I'll be as um, unbiased as possible. But you said game of the week, Montgomery, Alabama. Number six, Jacksonville State versus number four, North Carolina A&T. I feel like this is going to be an amazing game. It's going to be on national TV, ESPN, 7 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. 
And these teams, I feel like they match up so well with each other. Um, North Carolina ATs, they got a new head coach, Sam Washington, who spent the last seven seasons as their defensive coordinator. And in six of those seven years, the defense always finished in the top 20, including last year they were number four in total defense. And, of course, JSU is led by John Gross. He's 43-8 and in his four years at JSU. JSU is running a 41-game regular season winning streak against non-FBS teams. Their last loss was all the way back November 6th on 2013 to Jimmy Garoppolo in Eastern Illinois. Um, last 10 games against the top 25 FCS teams, JSU 7-3. All three of those losses were in the playoffs. So JSU is a really good regular season team. So, but with it being week zero, very early to start the season, I expect, you know, I wouldn't be surprised the offense takes a while to get going. So, I feel like in this game, it's going to, the defense is going to have to not necessarily stop, but they're going to have to contain or try their best to contain Lamar Raynard. He's the senior quarterback, All-American, all coming back for the Aggies. Threw for just under 3,000 yards last year, 27 touchdowns. It's going to be a good game. I think it goes without saying that it's going to be a good game. I, I, right. I, I'm, from what I'm reading here, I'm thinking this is going to be a defensive struggle. You know, uh, yep. I know you guys were, t- were talking about scores earlier. I'm wondering how much scores you're going to actually see. You know, who can break the other team's defense in this case? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I agree with you. I think – we definitely have, uh, you know, we definitely have to, to, to hand it to Jacksonville State. I think, I honestly, I, I'm right there with you. Dakota, I, th- I think you're right on. This is, Jackson State's going to be on a roll. I know it's the first game. It's hard to say that. But Jacksonville State's going to be on a roll, you know, given their, their recent history. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think we're going to see – um, I think it's going to be a defensive struggle, though, but I think Jacksonville State's going to come out on top. Yeah, that's how I see it, too. I can say it either way. I would, I would be very surprised if it turns out to be an offensive shootout, but like I said, with Raynard, and then you have Zarek Cooper transferring in from Clemson, Landon Rice coming in from Auburn, 6-5 tied in. I could see it being an offensive game, but as good as these defenses have been, and not just last season, but just multiple years now, I see it more of a defensive shooter as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, honestly, you have a team, though, that this is their first time, you know, under center with those with those folks. So yeah. are they going to be completely into the offense? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is game one. I mean, I understand they may have taken some extra practices because this is, you know, an early game for them. But you just kind of wonder, are they going to be uh, ready, you know, uh, on, you know, Saturday for this, uh, for this game? And are they going to, is their offense going to be, you know, completely ready? I'm sure the defenses are going to be ready. Obviously, yeah. they have the, the, the history of having amazing defenses on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, I think, I think this is going to be an awesome game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if I was to put a score on it, I think both teams will score touchdowns. I think Jacksonville State, though, yeah, they may they may put a second uh, score on the board, and I think that it might be fourteen to seven. So I will go. I'll go with you on that. I, I like Jacksonville State in this contest. 
Yeah, you touched on it. JSU, you know, new quarterback, new running back, uh, but they do have an experienced offensive line. I saw three preseason All-Americans, um, 14 starters returning overall, including uh, junior defensive back Marlon mm-hmm. Bridges. He's on the Buck Buchanan watch list right now. Last season, oh, 79 that's tackles. Place to be. Yeah, I would say so. And then yeah. The defense of last year, I looked, you know, I done I done the math, I run the numbers. Um JSU allowed 15 points a game and North Carolina AT allowed 12.4. So, that's what you're dealing with right now. And I don't expect the yeah. offense to be full just click right away week mm-hmm. 0, you know. I don't I wouldn't want my offense, I mean, obviously, let's say it kind of goes both ways. Yeah, you obviously want your offense to be ready, but um, the offense is going to get better as the season goes along, hopefully. So as long as the defense can do their part and keep the game manageable, I think mm-hmm. the lower the score, the more chances JSU has to win. Oh, I think you're right. If it turns into, no, if it turns right. into an offensive shootout, I would start to worry about JSU. And, and honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if you have one of these, uh, you know, one of these two defenses possibly getting, you know, the decisive score. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, a, a, a yeah. takeaway and a pick six, it's possible for either one of them. Field position is going to be a big key, especially with these defenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if if either team, you're right, if either team – puts it deep into the other person's territory, they're not going to be able to just, you know, yard game is going to be hard. That that, that ground yeah. game is going to be difficult. So, yeah. they're you know, but even to go to the air against these two defenses, you, you've got to be very careful because they both have a chance to, you know, pick that ball off. And, and if they're deep in their territory, you know, you're setting up an easy scoring chance. Yeah, I agree. You know, if the, if whichever defense can win the turnover battle, give their offense a short field to play with, and the offense can keep the other team's defense on the field, that's going to be key to whoever wins. Exactly. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. Um, with that said, um, I have a little bit higher score, although I did say it been a little low scoring. Uh, right now, this could change though. But I, I settled on twenty three seventeen Jacksonville State. Mm, seeing their history from last year, I don't know that that's completely out. You know, mm-hmm. um, again though, I just again with it being that first game of the year, you know, I've mm-hmm. I've seen some games where you just kind of go, did they remember their defenses? But is that's not happening here? You know, Jacksonville right. State, North Carolina, AT and T. They're going to bring their defenses. It's it's going to be all good. So, honestly, it's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. If anybody can get anything going, and again, you know, you, you take a look at a possible turnover. You know, setting up something for the score. I mean, they both have good kickers. I'm sure. You know, if they right. can get a kicker, you know, close uh, a turnover deep in the other. Uh, Deep in the other side, I I could easily see you know a field goal or two because of a turnover. So, yeah, no, I, I maybe I'm a little low with that fourteen to seven, but I I just don't see this is going to be a an easy game for either either offense. 
I'm not 100% on who North Carolina A-team's kickers is, but I know JSU, they got a retro senior as their place kicker. He's been there for a few years. So I feel comfortable with him kicking field goals from the Gamecocks in manageable distances, obviously. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, I yeah, look at the weather honestly, for the game. I, I'll agree with you. I, I, I don't know Jack or um, I don't know either team honestly that well, but uh, but from what I've been seeing, you know, they'll probably have somebody that can at least put it up for you know thirty forty yards out. Right. I mean that would be my assumption. Of course, I'm used to I'm used to Western Illinois kickers who can you know put it in from forty fifty yards out, but you know I I. Teams that that you know that come into to Macomb, I would expect that you know a forty-yard field goal is always a possibility. Right. So. Now I was looking at the weather for the game just to see if rain or anything is going to be a factor. Doesn't look like it. Only twenty percent chance of rain. High eighties. It's the high, so should be nice weather. Well, and again, 20% chance of rain. It's seven days out. You know, you yeah. start looking at it. You know, all right, hold it. I'm sorry. It's not seven days out. It's two days away. Um, where <laughs> seven. I'm, I, well, I'm looking here Thursday, August 30th. I'm looking at uh, at some of the games for next week. That's where I, I came up with my seven days away. Um, but, you know, it's two days away. You're right. You know, now, now you're right. 20% chance of rain. That's not much. You know, that means that most of the area is going to be dry. So, yeah, you're right. And an upper 80s, well, you know, maybe that, that heat's going to gonna wear some people down, though. Yeah, yeah 70% humidity. And, and you know, you get those big guys in there and, and nothing against it, but unless they've been practicing, and then of course both teams may have been practicing in, in that type of weather. You know, I don't know. Again, what what the weather's been like at both campuses, but you know the uh, right, you know that that will wear down a, a defense a bit. That's the whole the reason right why Gatorade was even created, you know, because they were going into the swamp down or the um, yeah, they were going into Florida and, and everybody was wilting. So they they came up with something that would help them out. So obviously they'll have plenty of Gatorade on both sidelines. You may also have somebody though that has cramps. I mean, this is that's not an easy game yeah. to play. So, and again, yeah, exactly. you're, you're looking at you're looking at you're looking at a first game. So, especially this type of game, like I said, both teams really evenly matched. This game could be decided. I mean, it'll probably most likely be decided well into the fourth quarter or at least late third. So, yeah, that weather, how big of a factor is it going to be? Especially if a team can control the time of possession, keep the other defense on the field, wear them down. Uh, quit going just right back a little bit, right back to the kicker situation. I pulled up the roster from North Carolina. They have two kickers. The oldest one is mm-hmm. a sophomore. So, well, maybe a factor in special teams. Yeah. Um, then you're right. I do give the edge to the uh, to the Jacksonville State kicker. You know, when you've got a redshirt senior, right? 
So, but even a sophomore, you you can expect that that person's probably going to be able to poke it in from a distance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just um, realistic range. Yeah, really. Don't really matter the class, but mm-hmm. depend at the late late in the game. You know, like a mid forty yard field goal. Crowd's probably going to be leaning toward Jacksonville State. Oh yeah. Oh, most definitely. Okay. Um, you know, I might bring this, what I just saw here up a little mm. bit later. Um, <laughs> I just keep getting that message there, and it's like, that messenger okay. And it's like Okay. Uh, what? Uh, what? Are you back? Are you back? All right, hold on here. So let's go ahead. I'll tell you what. Let's just go ahead and uh, let's take a look at a couple other things here. Um, I'm sorry, I'm on a little bit of a of a rigged up system here tonight, so it's a little little difficult for me here. And I worry. <laughs> oh goodness. Trying to look at my notes if anything else on the game. This is the third all-time meeting between JSU and North Carolina. He's the first one since 1995. Okay. And JSU does lead. JSU leads the all-time series two to nothing. Well, so and both it games were. It doesn't help close. that they're you know that they're in that they're in Jacksonville State's territory. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they've split a home and home or. First game was in 1994 at North Carolina AT. Second one was in Jacksonville. Guys won both games. Um, but first one was decided by seven. Second game, their last game was only decided by 11. So, if history tells us, even though it's a short sample, small sample, it's probably going to end up running for a good game. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you even just well, I mean, figure out how close that they're ranked. I mean, Oh, take yeah. the records and throw them out the window. You you, you look at how close they're ranked. I mean, th- this is going to be this is going to be a hard game for both teams. You know, you you, you have really a got four and a number six. Yeah, you mm-hmm. really got to look at what these programs also really have to pull Jack or prove. Jacksville really has that stigma of can't get it done in the playoffs. North Carolina A and T has that stigma of they don't really have a tough out of conference schedule. So here's the test. JSU, even though North Carolina AT, the MEAC doesn't participate in the playoffs, I think they are a playoff caliber team. Um, so here's oh, your sure. chance to er, really early test for both teams. Two very consistent programs because, you know, JSU, they won, like I said, 41 straight against the regular season against non FBS, 32 straight in the conference. North Carolina A&T is um, 
40 and 8 in the last four seasons. So two consistent top programs going at it on national TV. It's really good for FCS football. Oh, yeah. Well, and to have, as you just said, to, to have this matchup is, you know, you really have to you have to hand it to both teams. I mean, you don't just become a top 10 ranked team, you know, just overnight. That just doesn't happen. These teams have put in their dues. They've, you know, they've recruited the good players. They've they've put up the good fights. You know, they have a reputation of great football. So, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a struggle. Both sides, weather conditions, it'll be it'll be just it'll be a struggle for both teams. It'll be a good game though, both ways. All right, guys, I think I'm back in. That Welcome back. How you doing? It's about time. All right, what I miss? <laughs> uh, we, we were we were we were filling time on North Carolina North Carolina A and T and Jacksonville State. Okay, okay. Do you have any thoughts on the game, Adam? Oh, well, turnovers. All I'm gonna say. Yeah, that's it's something we touched on a, too. That what, what defense can can. Yeah, that's what we talk mm-hmm. about. What defense can win the turnover margins, flip the field for their offense? I think turnover margin and time of possession is going to be the biggest keys to whoever wins the game. Did you guys do score predictions too? Yeah, I said we 14 did. to 7. All right. I was thinking not more 24-21. JSU or North Carolina A&T? Uh, JSU. I see, see it being 24-21 going into the last three seconds, and then North Carolina A&T kicks the field goal and just barely misses to tie it and send it to overtime. Oh, you got, he got the scenario down, too. <laughs> of course, I have the scenario down. <laughs> but it's that close of a game. you got to have a scenario. Yeah, I had JSU 23-17. I think it's going to be one in the fourth quarter. I think maybe the defense gets a late interception or fumble or something, and then the offense is able to punch it in from the short field. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. see you. All right, so we want to move on to some other games that are happening just this weekend. Sounds good to me. All right, so actually before the big game this weekend, we have Quesnes against UMass. Let's see, uh, is that the one. What? I think that's Duquesne. So, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I have no idea how to say it, so it's an Ivy League game. <laughs> that's so. okay. I think that's going to be another close matchup. Honestly, I mean, that's not a matchup. We don't we don't do these for the uh, for the nation's toughest college football pool. But honestly, this is this is one of those matchups where you know Duquesne's been a fairly good program the last few years. 
Massachusetts has struggled ever since they left oh. FCS football. Even against mm-hmm. FCS teams. Yeah. So I, I honestly yeah. think that, that this this could be one of those games. Uh, by the way, if you're a Cubs fan, I think uh, Schwarber might have just gone deep. It's two to one. Um, Ooh. Uh, protected. Of course he did. Yeah. No, I'm watching the Braves game. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get I'll have to get a confirmation on that. I just looked up and they were showing the, showing whoever running around the bases. Um, anyway, <laughs> I mean Duquesne Duquesne's been a great. Um, oh Rizzo, I'm sorry. Um, it's been a great. Uh, I wouldn't say great team, but I mean they've they've definitely been a competitive team the last the last several years. Massachusetts again oh, sure. struggling. I, I don't. Expect that this is going to be another fourth quarter matchup, you know? Who's going to mm-hmm. win it in the fourth quarter? And honestly, I think this is one where Duquesne can come out and take this, this game. Yeah, I think a big key for at least UMass that game for what I'm seeing here is their seven-year senior defensive linebacker. This year he recorded 105 tackles last year and he's expected to record more than that this year. I feel like he could be a big key in their defense this, for this game and preventing possibly an upset, but I still think that, not even going to say the name, could, I still think they could pull off the upset, though. Yeah, for sure. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Uh, you're talking about UMass. UMass hasn't won a yeah. home opener since 2011. and But they've had, they've had um, glimpses of being the underdog, because I remember they um, they had a close game with Tennessee, I think it was last season. But Duquesne has been a – they haven't obviously been a top FCS team, but they've been a consistent FCS team. And mm-hmm. so wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. for Duquesne to hang around, make it close, make, make it competitive, mm-hmm. deep in the second half. I think UMass pulls it out. But it's not going to be a typical FBS FCS slaughter. Oh no, no, no! Definitely going to the fourth quarter. You know, it'll be decided. In, you know, the last few minutes of the game. Yeah. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. Do you want to, um, Mr. Willie? Do you want to go ahead and uh, give us a scenario on this one too? Let <laughs> me um, think on this one. I see it. No, I actually see it being a seven-point game. Because I'm not going to say it. How do you say it? Dequeen? Dequeen. Is it Dequeen? I want to say Dequeen. I'm going to go back to Dequesne. I'm going with Dequesne again. I don't care if I butchered it. I see them coming in. Three minutes, three minutes and six seconds left. They score a touchdown to take the lead. Then UMass throws a pick with... 47 seconds left to end the game. That's my prediction for this game. So, hold it. So who, are you, who are you bringing in? So. Who's winning this for you here? Uh, Duquesne. Got it. I've been winning by a touchdown. Okay. You know, we should we should all we should keep track of these throughout the season. Throughout the season. See how well we do. Oh, for sure. 
I can start doing that right. right now, actually. And actually, I was just reaching in to, to, to open up Excel here. Oh, you want to do it? Feel free. Save me time. I'll do it. All right. Free time? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Right, so what do you guys have for Yeah, you're just starting game? school, so... You're just starting school, just, so yes, I can completely agree. Yeah, I just started this past week, so it's tough. Mm-hmm. That's why I love community college, though. It's easy. Mm, actually, I'll tell you, I had a couple economics classes at our community colleges. They were not easy. <laughs> well, right now, right now, the teachers seem like they're really laid back. So, so it seems like they're... My, it's the first week. My classes will be pretty easy. That's true. It is the first yeah. week. But, so what do you guys have for your predictions for this game? Well, and the other game that's happening this Saturday is Prairie View and Rice. Yeah. I, I just, I, yeah. I, I, I don't have any scenario in my mind that makes Prairie View a winner here. No, I just have it. I mean, I yeah, I agree with that. Rice, 34, Prairie View, 3. Okay, I don't know that it's going to be that big of a blowout, but I, I, I agree. I doubt it will, but the, I think Rice will be the, the turning point of this game could definitely scores. be the national anthem. It's true, it's true. Well, actually, I was going to say, the turning point will be when they run out before the game. Maybe when they actually get to the stadium, but I think it'll be when they run out. Any other thoughts on this? Right, this is, I, I'm kind of the same way, though. Team. I mean, I think I think the turning point of the game is again the national anthem. Uh, you know, this is this is just going to be this is going to be Rice's game all the way. You know, it's a it's a good sure. it's a good opener for them. You know, it's nice for Prairie View A and M to you know to challenge themselves right out of the gate. But you know, they can't be really coming back thinking that this is going to be a win for them. Oh no, not not at all. This will be a tough game for them, but I think Bryce will pull out a big win. No doubt. Yeah, I agree. That that game got rice all the way, and uh, I'm with you. I don't see a scenario where it's even close, competitive, or anything. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's hard for me to not come up with a scenario for this one. <laughs> I have to wait for next week's early games to come up with one. Well, do we want to talk about some of the games that are going to happen while we're on the air next week? Sounds good to me. We can start with some of the games even before we are on the air. Like, we start out with one game, might not even be, might be like the Prairie View A&M Rice game, and that's Wagner versus Bowie State next Thursday at 5 Central. I don't Again, you're going Division 2. I'm sorry. This is. You can't uh, win that. I understand. I understand, but at the same point, uh, really? You had to schedule yeah. a Division Two team. 
But this, I mean, this isn't the only one. You've got. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It's kind of like your Ducoin here, or your Duquesne, uh, Chowan at Campbell. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Uh, again, uh, you're going Division Two, but then again, it's Campbell. Yeah, like there's some teams I know. I don't mess with Campbell because that's all that's going to play them. Like I've heard Eastern Washington, they play like Central Washington or something like that. Every, like every other year, so that's all they can get to play them. So it makes sense to play sometimes I mean, those D two schools. I mean, I mean, I'm not throwing anybody on the bus, but you look at Indiana State and Quincy. I mean, Indiana State looks like they need all the help they can get. So yeah, so they're trying to not have a losing season. I mean, they need yeah. to go ahead and get their one, but you know, one here's win the out funny of the way. Thing. Quincy could. Quincy could come in and make that game a possibility. So I could. <laughs> it could, yeah. I hope that I hope they do actually. That'd be a great conversation for our next show after that. Actually, they should be ending next week right about the same time that we uh, that we get off the air, well, don't yeah. you think? I'm thinking they might be ending about the same time we get on the air too. Unless that's what you said. No, I mean, that's a six. That's a five o'clock game. I think wrapping up. Is it? Oh, I'm looking at an Eastern time thing. You're right. You're right. I'm looking at something that says. No, Quincy and Indiana State is six central. Oh, Quincy. I thought you were talking about the Bowie State game still. Yeah, no, I kind of looked at that and went Division Two. I don't have to really come up with a scenario <laughs> there either. Yeah, no, but, but the Indiana State game, that should probably be about halftime if we're lucky when we get on the year. There's a couple of good games we can talk about next week while we're on the year that are going on. Like, besides that one, there might not be much to talk about unless Indiana State's losing. But we can talk about that today, like, New Hampshire Maine's playing that night. The one we talked about last week, Kennesaw State, Georgia State, is playing. I'm really excited. Yeah, Kennesaw well, State and Georgia State. Halfway through, we got about the game we were talking about last week for you, Jeff, was the Western Montana State game. And that's going to be a great game. But, I, you know, oh. let's, let's let's take these kind of in a little bit of an order here. Kennesaw State and Georgia State, I think, you know, I, we actually picked this one for the pool this week. You know, that's going to be one of those games I, again, Georgia State, you know, great FCS team. How are they going to do an FBS? Uh, well, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. They're in the Sun Belt. You know, I can remember each of those Sun Belt teams being an FCS team. That's the sad thing. So, I think <laughs> I think Kennesaw State, though, is going to go in there, and, and I, I truly see this as being an upset. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know really how much of an upset it will be. I say the plank with them, I think that is a pretty good upset for them. Let's see, when did they move up? I'm looking to see when Georgia State moved up. 2013 was their first year in the Sun Belt. Oh, gosh, it's been that long. Um, I know. Okay. Anyway, now there goes a little bit more gray here. Um. <laughs> But honestly, I think that when we're looking at that game, 
this this game is going to be. I think I think Kennesaw State's going to win it. I think the Owls will take this, I, and I don't think it's going to be close. You know, if Western can go into to Coastal Carolina last year and just uproot them, I think you know. And Coastal Carolina was a fairly decent team. It wasn't a great team, but it wasn't. You know, they weren't you know off the yeah. scrap heap. Georgia State no. hasn't really done much, even in the Sun Belt. So, Kansas State, I have a feeling, is going to roll. They've won in the Sun Belt see, 10. They've won 17 games total since they've been in the Sun Belt in their five years. So, they have not done much at all. Mm-hmm. It's like they are 17 and... Forty-four, forty-five, or seventeen and forty-five, I think. Forty-four, maybe. And honestly, if if you're doing that in the Sun Belt, maybe you should start to think: um, Do we belong here? Yeah, just think about Idaho. Damn. And, and welcome back yeah. to Idaho. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe the next Idaho move down. I don't see why not. I mean, what are they gaining right they now by should. being in FBS football? Yeah. I mean, no, you're not going to compete for anything meaningful, really. And last year, they did have a winning record, but they were only 7-5, and five, and then and they lost to Appalachian State, Idaho, and they lost their season opener to Tennessee State at home. They did, yeah. however, beat Western Kentucky in the bowl game, but – not really anything impressive, especially, you know, that Mm-mm. you have another scenario this season where you open up against another SES team at home, and it's an even better team than Tennessee State was last year and easily see Kennesaw State run away with it. Oh, for sure. I see them running away with it easily. It was at least a two-score two game. Two-score? Yeah. I think you're being you're being kind to Georgia State. I think that's a minimum. I think it would be more like a four or five score. So we're all pretty much in here saying that it's going to be Kennesaw State here, right? Yeah, I feel like too. It's all set, but pretty assumed. Got it. Okay. By the way, I'll post these later on. I'll post these later on. I, I, every 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 time that we that we start to talk about a new game, and I didn't put down the two Division two two games, but anytime we talk yeah. about a new game, I'll just add it to the list. Take your guys' prediction to it, and then we'll 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 add that oh, yeah. to uh, we'll add that to the uh, to the Facebook page. How's that? Works for me. Sounds good to me. All, All right. right. So do we want to move? Backwards a little bit on this list. It's listed as earlier than this. It's still a six o'clock game. It's listed earlier, and that's Rhode Island, Delaware. And I think that's going to be a good game. I agree. I, I think I I, yeah. I I like Delaware. I think that I, I think Delaware is going to win this. They're at home, um, but I I still think Rhode Island can keep it close for three quarters. You know. There's nothing here saying that, that this is going to be a blowout to me. No, Rhode Island's not ranked though. I think Delaware, 
I remember right, Delaware's ranked coming into this game, aren't they? I'm looking right now, actually. They are, in the coaches' poll, they are 16th. Yeah, they're ranked in the top 25. Mm-hmm. So by, if you go by a stats poll, they're 15, so they'd be in the top 15. So, yeah, they're ranked. Their offense should be really good. So I think that's what's going to be the big key to this game is how Delaware's offense performs. Yeah. But, I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to say it's going to be a runaway, but I think that this is going to be one of those games. Delaware should take this game at home. Oh, yeah, they should. But just like in the FCS, like I always say, you never know. Yep, you're right. As I'm typing this in. Uh, Dakota, what's your thoughts on this one? Oh, wow. Uh, Let's see. Delaware opening at home, motivated, starts season top 25. They got a lot of proof. I would actually not be surprised if Delaware wins by 17 or more points. I wouldn't be surprised if they run away with it in the third quarter. Okay. Yeah, and they do have something. I think Rhode Island can keep it close for a half, but I think at the start of the third quarter, Delaware starts pulling away, forces a turnover, and I think the Blue Men make a statement. Early. I agree. I think Delaware can make a statement in that third quarter and somewhat run away with that game. So at least a two-score win. I don't think it'd be any more, but I think it's going to be at least two scores for that game. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 35-17-ish final for Delaware. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, game, it's kind of hard to come up with a good scenario for them. I the next one, though, I can come up with a good one. So, you want to move on to the next one? Sure. You're all, Let's you're see all if your good one's as good as my good one. All right, the next one I got is actually... In my opinion, the top CAA game of the week, and that would be New Hampshire and Maine. Well, I think you're right. I think this is the best uh, matchup in, in the Colonial. Um, I don't know how to go with this one. I mean, honestly, I, I think it's New Hampshire will win game. it. It is. And that's, yeah, that's what makes this a, another... a difficult game. I think this will be another one of my games that I have as a last-second field goal or last-second touchdown game. You know, I like those types of games. They're exciting. <laughs> Except for when my team's on the but I think New Hampshire. Yeah, personally, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm going New Hampshire on this one. Uh, Maine will mm-hmm. will keep it close. I think I think it's kind of like uh, like Dakota's scenario for um, for I'm sorry, Rhode Island and Delaware. I think I think Maine keeps it close for the first half, but New Hampshire again they're they're ranked again. 
So and and they're expected to do well. They're they're expected oh, to yeah. challenge the Dukes. So you know you're going to go ahead. You're going to see them come in here, and hey, we've still got something to prove, and we're going to do it on the road and in a tough place to play. This could be the CAA champion too, with New Hampshire. This could be a good team that could knock off the Dukes, like you said before. Yeah. It, and it could be the team. I still don't think it will be, but it, it, it could be the team that knocks off the Dukes. If that, Going yeah. into that game, if it's close, you know, New Hampshire's got something to prove. And they'll prove, I think that they may, they may just go ahead and, and upset them. Oh, for sure. They're ranked high for a reason in the mm-hmm. preseason poll. And they'll go far. They may as the well playoffs. could. They may as well yeah, could. Don't go far in the uh, I think it's a little too early well, to decide to decide that right now. Uh, for the for the, oh, yeah. the New Hampshire main game, I um I think New Hampshire does pull it off. But just since it's at Maine rivalry game, these games have been close the last few seasons. New Hampshire wins. I think they do pull it out by a, a ten, thirty-one twenty-one. Ooh. You got the exact score there. Uh, see, I think yeah, I agree. I think New Hampshire pulls it out. I think it's gonna be goes go thirty four and twenty seven. Last second touchdown. I I still think it's at least a two score game. You know, again, New Hampshire. New yeah. Hampshire's got a got a. Got to prove this from top. So I think it's at least a two-score game. So I'm not putting down a, a line on it, but I, I I would at least think that it's a two-score game. I think this is going to be a rivalry game. It'll be a really close one, with one score. But that's a tough game to start out with. The year New Hampshire supposed to have your ranked highly. And then you're asked to open the season on the road in Maine against a rival, against a conference rival. It's going to show early what New Hampshire's made of, and if they can uh, later in the season challenge James Madison. Oh, for sure. And I think later in the season that New Hampshire-James-Madison game is going to be a tough game because, one, it's in New Hampshire, which is, what I've seen, is one of the toughest places to play in in the FCS but I think that's if James Madison loses one game this year, I think it's to New Hampshire. Yeah, I think New Hampshire pulls this one out though, because what I'm seeing here on Athlon Sports, New Hampshire's won 15 of the last 16 games, so they don't lose much to Maine at all. So I think New Hampshire for sure pulls this out. So we all three go New Hampshire? Yes, we do. Yeah. You got those down? I do. All right. I do. And, and honestly, let's move on. I, I, this is the game that, uh, you know, in, in the short list here that I've got, that, that it's going to be kind of fun for me, I think. Southern Illinois and Murray State. I honestly think this will be a close game. Oh. I think Southern Southern's got something to prove going into this game. I don't know that Murray – I mean, Murray State, of course, doesn't want to lose their home opener. But I think yeah. Southern wants to show that, 
that, that that they are an improved team, and I think that Southern's going to try to you know try to do something here on the road. So I, I see Southern's going to keep this close, and, and they very well will probably pull this off. Yeah, I got my eyes right now actually on Southern because one of the guys that actually recently followed us on our Twitter page did a little bracketology on his account, and he put on there he has Southern going to the playoffs. I think they they improved that much and after looking for lineups, I think they could be a contender this year for that playoff spot in the valley. Well, and again, earlier you said that they were one of the teams that you could see either finishing, you know, third through seventh. You know? Yeah, they're one third of those through teams. six. Mhm. There's so many teams in there that could finish third through six. Third through seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Southern goes into Murray and wins. Um Murray State, they've really struggled with the last few years. Hey, they haven't had a winning season since two thousand eleven. And uh, haven't won more than three games since um I think two thousand fourteen it was. Thirteen, one of those. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if it wouldn't even if Southern went into Murray and just really just dominated the racers. Oh, yeah, I okay. can see them completely coming in and dominating them. Got it. There we go. Coming down hard out there. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying. It's coming down hard, too. And I'm like, <laughs> you're kidding me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you saw the picture I sent you. You'd say the same thing. I did see the picture. Because I just white. put it up a bit ago. I thought that that was hilarious. Oh, um, perfect game to watch yeah. in the middle of summer. That is a good game to watch in the middle of summer. I was at that game. I got to go to that game. So it was fun to sit in. You see what we're talking about, Dakota? And then... The- you what? You see what we were just talking about there with the picture? I do not. I'm watching right now in the background. I've been watching the NDSU Illinois State game on the background. It's snowing. Uh huh. And the field is completely white, and it's only the end of the first quarter. <laughs> Snow always adds. Uh, uh, it does. Football game. <laughs> Alright, so get one more game in here you know, before we got our guest on here in about ten minutes. Okay. You, got you know, a, another game that 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 I see that and it's going on next week while we're uh while we're actually we're gonna be it's gonna start while we're about halftime of our show. And of course, it's one that's near and dear to my heart: Western Illinois and Montana oh. State. And that, uh, that's how I'm going to bring up. Yeah, that's kind of you knew I had to bring thing. this one up. I don't know. If, I wasn't sure if we were going to bring that one up next, though, or if you wanted to wait. I knew it was going to be brought up. I didn't know when. Yeah, I see that <laughs> one being a nice, good old barn burner. I'll tell you right what, you know, we can we can just that early next week, but uh but but that's that's definitely a game I, I 
you, you know, I love my Leathernecks, but uh, this is a hard place to play. Uh, if you're from out of town, oh, if you're is. not from Montana, this is a hard place to play. So I think it's going to be a tough game for the Leathernecks, but I, 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 I don't see them coming out of this one with a win. Montana State has been, you know, is, is right there. It's going to be an even matchup on the field no matter what. But Montana State's going to have that edge because they practice out there. I think Montana State's going to edge out the Leathernecks in this one. Oh, yeah. I see, them. I see it being a one-score game at the end. Again, I see it being a last-second field goal with about 13 seconds to go. Okay, which one? Which way do you see it going? <laughs> Montana State. I'm sorry. I see. And again, I've I've brought up those excellent. You know, we usually get a soccer a soccer person sometimes. You know, to to come over and, and do uh, you know field goals for us. So it'd be nice if we could you know make that arrangement for next week. But especially in the thin air of Montana. You're going to high Which way do you see that going? What? So you're going to high school football kickers in Illinois? Soccer players? Yeah, we have soccer players here. You you should know that. Yeah. Like that's what my high school does. They do <laughs> soccer players. My best friend played soccer, and he was the kicker last year. You know, he never okay. played, but he was hurt half the year, but he was still considered the kicker. Western Illinois, I, and, it, and it might it might have changed, but at least as of a couple of years ago, Western Illinois' leading scorer was also a soccer player. Okay, that's kind of scary. Actually. I think it was James Langan. I think it was James Langan was 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 our uh, was our soccer kicker. I recognize that name. Yeah, I'm sure you saw him kick over, you know, over the the years that he was there. No, I probably did. I didn't recognize the name right away, but then when you said the name, I recognized him. Right, do you want to... Do we want to discuss that game, or do we want to wait till next week? Well, I've already put my opinion out there, but that's okay. Um, we can we can hold that one off till next week. Yeah, we could actually probably kick our show off with that one. It's that earlier game. Yeah, I'm going to reserve my judgment for next week. Got it. Uh, let's yeah, see here, we, just a second. Look here. Let me go back there because then there was there was another one that that we could put on our list, and I think that that's Mississippi Valley State. I think against North Dakota, oh. uh, and and honestly, neither of these teams are going to light the world on fire. So I think that six thirty uh, Central Time matchup next week, I I I have a tough time picking that one too. I'm 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 leaning towards North Dakota on that one, honestly. Though I think it's going to be a close game. You know, surprisingly, with how Mississippi Valley State did last year, 
I think it's going to be Mississippi Valley State winning that. I see them coming in to Grand Forks and upsetting the Fighting Hawks. Uh, I'm going to go North Dakota on that one. Oh. I give the home field advantage edge. Mississippi Valley, that's a lot. got to go across country. It's going to be a long, long. Uh, that's true. Trek up north. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the main I advantage I give in the game. I agree with Dakota on that one for sure. Uh, I will give it to – I've also given it to North Dakota. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it could be decided. It'll be a one-score game for sure. Oh, for sure. I see that. How many How many yeah. scores it'll be, I don't know. But, I mean, I, it'll – the point <laughs> difference will be seven points Probably just one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, no, I'm giving, I'm giving my vote there to, to North Dakota. Yeah, I could – I'll probably have a better pick next week once we start off. I'll research the game a little more. But right now I actually see Mississippi Valley State coming in and pulling off the surprising upset over the Hawks. Well, you got to go with your gut sometimes. But I know. I, I, think, in this, I think in this case it's North Dakota. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, it probably will be, but my gut says no. Okay. All right, so we've got our guest here. I would like to welcome our guest, Mr. Sam Herter from Hero Sports. How are you doing tonight, Sam? I am doing great. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Doing great. Pretty good. Doing great. Thanks for joining. Of course. And you'd like to know, Sam, what are your thoughts on this week's game? Uh, you know, I think it's going to um, answer a lot of questions uh, as far as both teams. I think, you know, starting with Jacksonville State, um, we'll get to see which quarterback exactly is out there taking the field and, is, and if um, that quarterback can kind of replicate what Eli Jenkins did um, from a couple of years ago to kind of get that offense um, to be an explosive group. Because we all know Jacksonville State is going to have, you know, a really good athletes, a really physical, a really, you know, tough-nosed defense. Um, I think they just need that quarterback play to kind of to – kind of, uh, get past that second round hurdle. And as far as North Carolina and T, um, I think they're kind of looking uh, to prove something against these, against these FCS powers. Cause we saw um, a couple of years ago in the playoffs where, you know, an HBCU team did make the playoffs um, and they got beat pretty handily. North Carolina and T did against Richmond. Um, so I think they're out to prove that these HBCU top teams can compete uh, with the nationally powered, nationally ranked teams in the FCS. Uh, yeah, I agree. Go, go. Who do you think's taking this game? Uh, I think you have to go with Jacksonville State. Um, you know, I think if you match up, you know, both teams starting 11 guys, I think they're pretty even. But I just think Jacksonville State is just going to have so much more depth uh, than North Carolina and T. So I think I think Jacksonville State will win by by a couple scores. Well, and I'll tell you what, we were also just weighing – what the heck, we'll just get your opinion on, on a few of these other ones that we were just weighing in on, too. Uh, we've got Prairie View and Rice as another game that we were just discussing. 
Who do you think uh, got it in that game? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't think, you know, Prairie View has had a pretty, you know, tough offseason. I think they have a, a first-year uh, head coach and their quarterback, their, their returning starting quarterback, uh, left the team um, over some, over the summer. So I think Prairie View and them, I think they're going to have a tough go um, at it. But as far as, you know, and then do, I, I believe Duquesne plays UMass. Um, I don't think Duquesne's going to win that game. I think that game is going to be much more interesting than this other one. Um, AJ Hines is a terrific uh, running back uh, for Duquesne, so I think he can keep, he can keep them in in that game against UMass. Okay. All right. I see you. You think in, in the UMass game, who do you see winning that one? I think UMass. Yeah, you know, Duquesne is is a decent program, um, and like I mentioned, AJ Hines is a is a really good running back. Um, I just I just don't think you know, and isn't, UMass isn't exactly a very good FBS team, but I don't I don't think Duquesne can go there can go there and win. I think UMass will win that one. Well, thank you for clearing up pronunciation too, because we were having a little trouble with that too. No, <laughs> no problem. I had no idea how to pronounce that. I was saying Duquesne. <laughs> well, that's how it looks. That's, that's how it, it looks. So I mean, exactly. I don't, I don't know how you get. I don't know how you get Duquesne, you know, how to, how to, how it's spelled, but I guess that, yeah, that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> I'm thinking it's the silent S. Yeah. But, <laughs> now, well, you know, a game I think you wrote about, a game, Sam, I think you wrote about Kennesaw State at Georgia State. How do you see this game coming out? Yeah, I think Kennesaw State is a better football team. I think they're, I think they're going to uh, win that one. Um, you know, Georgia State is – both teams are located right around – right in um, Atlanta, the greater Atlanta area. So, no, neither team is going to have to travel far, you know, you know, when they when they face each other. Um, and I think this is kind of a nice inner-city rivalry. Um, and I know it's hard to have a rivalry between you know, an FCS and an FBS team. Um, but, you know, Kennesaw State, I think, is, you know, the superior team. I think they're going to go there, uh, beat Georgia State. Kennesaw State has an incredible rushing offense, basically brings back their entire offense. Um, have some holes to fill, holes to fill defensively, um, but I think overall Kansas State is going to be a better team than what, than what they were last year, um, and I definitely think they have the capabilities of, of going to an FBS team um, and beating them. Yeah, I think I like we're it. probably hey, on the same page there. Mm-hmm. We were all thinking that yep. Kansas would kind of run away with that one. Yeah, yeah, most of us were saying at least two scores. Yeah, that won't surprise me, you know, honestly. I think, um, you know, with the type of offense they run with that triple option, um, you know, I don't think they're going to blow them out, you know, in the first or second quarter. But I think come third quarter, come fourth quarter, they're going to bleed that clock and continually to, to score some points. So, yeah, I can I can see a 2-3 touchdown game there. What about Rhode Island and right. Delaware? Yeah, we were discussing some of the games that will be going on at the beginning or before our show next week. Rhode so Island next one we have is Delaware. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. They, that's that's an early uh, CEA contest there. Um, you know, I like Delaware in that one. Um, you know, Rhode Island is kind of always that team that you think they're going to be decently solid because they, you know, they they play decently at the beginning of the year, but then they kind of fall off. Um, I think Delaware is going to make that next jump this year and make the playoffs. Um, now they did have that interesting, you know, announcement yesterday where the starting court they announced their starting quarterback, and it's it was a third string guy from last year. It wasn't the Boston College transfer. Um, Darius Wade, he, I, I assumed he was going to be the starting quarterback, but they announced um, Pat Kehoe um, as their starting quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see how Pat plays 
um, in that, that first game, and we'll be able to find out if Delaware did did uh, if they solved their quarterback issues or if there's still some issues there at quarterback. Very cool. Uh, yeah, and, and again, that's so far still a Delaware sweep. Uh, I think we're all thinking Delaware is going to, you know, going to at least take that game somehow. One of the one of the games that we were all just discussing is New Hampshire at Maine, a nice rivalry game for the start of the season. Yeah, and that'll you know I think New Hampshire is, um, you know I, I was looking at you know some of the lines and, and who's favored, and New Hampshire was only favored by three points um, in that game. And that kind of surprised me because I think New Hampshire is going to handle Maine uh, pretty well. They're an experienced bunch, you know, veteran. Veterans all across the offense, you know, a pretty decent, you know, they play decent defense, not great, not terrible. Um, so I think New Hampshire has like, like 15 to 17 returning starters, um, you know. So I don't, I don't envision New Hampshire getting out to a slow start that game. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna hammer Maine, um, um, pretty well there. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, how about when, uh, a game that that we started to, you know, take a look at here. Southern Illinois and Murray State. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a tough one. Um, because you know both teams don't really jump off the page as far as the national you know radar goes. Um, I think you kind of have to lean Southern Illinois' way there. Um, they they're a team that obviously plays in the tough valley. Um, and it's gonna be so hard for them to you know rise in the valley standings because there's so many good teams. But I do think Southern Illinois. Um, under head coach Nick Hill, um, he's bringing some excitement back to that to that program. They've actually landed some of the like a top ten recruiting classes the last two years, so they've had really good, really nice talent on their team. They've just been young, um, so I think Southern Illinois is going to make a, a a big jump this year, and I can see them winning that game. As far as where they land in the Valley standings, I don't know if they'll be anywhere near the top. Um, as do, I think overall, they're they're still a really good FCS team. Okay. And our, our last game that that we're that we're right now going on the record for for next week, Mississippi Valley State and uh, recently independent North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota should handle them and, and hammer them. I mean, Mississippi Valley State is probably was probably one of the probably a top five worst you know FCS team last year. I know they have a lot coming back. Basically, their entire team is coming back, so they should be better. Um, but you know, honestly, if if North Dakota loses this game. Or if North Dakota wins this game and they only win it by, you know, two touchdowns, I'd be a lot more concerned about North Dakota than I would be impressed with Mississippi Valley State. It's just kind of a, a struggling program that came to the Fargo Dome last year and it was probably one of the worst teams I've seen come to the Fargo Dome uh, since I've been going going to the games and watching them up in the press box. So, yeah, I think North Dakota is, is going to – they're probably going to win that game by 30, 35 to 40 points. Oh, jeez. Okay. Ooh. Okay, we all had it one to, I think it was one to two score games for that one. That had shocking Mississippi Valley State upset. So Sam, when you're when you're uh when you're sitting there you're I mean you you've come up with some pretty fun articles to, to read, by the way. You know, you're, you're like you're you're. Uh, what are some of the games that you're most looking forward to this coming season? 
Uh, yeah, there's a handful of ones that, that come, you know, early in the year. Um, you look at the Big Sky versus Valley Challenge, there's a lot of really, really good games. Um, you know, there's Western Illinois versus Montana State. That will tell us a lot about both programs. Uh, Northern Iowa plays Montana. That's a, that, that's a game that's going to tell us a lot about where those two programs um, are at. And then there's also, you know, a game that I've circled late in the year, um, and that's Kennesaw State against Jacksonville State. Um, I think that's going to be a game that's going to determine – you know, it's going to have a lot to say of where the playoff seedings are at because I think both teams are going to have really good records at that point. And I believe that's in the last week of the regular season, uh, Kennesaw State uh, against yeah. Jacksonville State. So, yeah, yeah. so those are, those are some of the games that, um, as far as non-conference matchups, that I think are going to play a big role um, in how the playoff picture looks. What are some of the uh, some of the in conference games like? For instance, you know, in our big three, who do you what do you think the the big matchup will be in in for instance the Big Sky? Right, and then, like I mentioned, um, you know, Kennesaw State and Jacksonville State is in the last is in the last week of the regular season, and so is Montana against Montana State. And I think that's a game where, you know, I have a hunch that both of these teams are going to be you know right around six to seven to eight wins. So I think when Montana and Montana State play. I have a gut feeling that whoever wins that game is is going to make the playoffs between the two because I think they're going to be pretty even as far as record and in the standings. Um, so that's one game I'm looking forward to. And then, of course, you have to go with South Dakota State uh, at North Dakota State this year. Um, obviously, the Jacks have gotten the best of NSU um, these last two regular season games. Uh, I have the Dakota marker, and South Dakota State comes to comes to the Fargo Dome. Um, so obviously, the buys and, the, and their fans will be hungry for that one. Um, it'll be a nice, you know test and a nice glimpse of what the South Coast State offense looks like. Um, obviously with the terrific quarterback coming back in Terran Christian, but you know, we all know the names, Dallas Goddard and Jake Winnicke. Um, they're now gone, so it'll be nice to see. Or it'll be, uh, you know, it'll, it'll show us a lot, especially me, because I plan to go to that game. Um, it'll show me kind of what this offense looks like without those two big weapons there. Cool. How about the Colonial? That's the, that's the last of the big three. What do you think uh, What do you think is going to happen when uh, New Hampshire matches up with uh, with the Dukes. Yeah, I think that probably um, that's probably the toughest game uh, for James Madison because I believe JMU goes on the road uh, for that one. Right. Um, so, so I think that's one game. Um, you know, you know, in my opinion, I do think James Madison. Um, you know, if I were to pick, I would probably pick them. You know, going undefeated through the CAA this year. I think I still think this team is that good. But if I had to pick one game where, okay, where, where do the Dukes slip up, I would pick that New Hampshire game um, just because, like I mentioned before, a little bit a little bit ago in this segment that, you know, New Hampshire is a really experienced team, um, a really great offense uh, with, with some great weapons there at quarterback and wide receivers. So, yeah, that, that's probably the marquee game um, in the CAA. And you can also look at New Hampshire playing Delaware. I think those are two teams that are probably battling for that number two spot in the CAA. Um, and whoever wins that game, you know, might earn that, that, that two spot in the standings and, and might be able to earn a playoff seed, whoever wins that one. Cool. We'll definitely have to keep our eye on, on that game as well. So when you're, when you're writing for Hero Sports, how do you come up with your story ideas? What do you like to write about? Obviously, Yeah, football, I like to write – I mean, <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I like to write about, you know, different styles um, of writing, I guess. You know, I don't really, you know, I, you know, doing, you know, top ten lists, top five lists are fun. 
Um, you know, those necessarily those aren't necessarily my favorite articles to do, just because they're you know they're they're pretty easy to do. You know, I like talking to coaches, I like talking to players. Um, you know, doing some doing some more journalism than just coming up with one through five lists. Um, you know, I you know feature stories. Uh, I want to do some more columns this year, kind of get my thoughts out on there. And then just doing you know some fun articles like throughout this throughout this summer, I did like you know ranking all all of last year's playoff teams and my confidence in them. Um, just kind of doing kind of fun articles like that. Yeah, so I do a wide variety of stories. You know, obviously I pay attention to, to the storylines. Um, and then obviously this summer we did a lot of previews and stuff like that. But throughout the season I hope to do a, a wide variety of, of stories for Hero Sports. All right, so I have a question for you. How is it working with having two of the main SDS writers in Hero Sports being J- a JMU guy and an MDC guy? Yeah, so I think it's really fun. You know, we kind of have the, the three-headed monster with Brian McLaughlin uh, and then Chase Kitty and then myself, and it's kind of funny because, you know, I am I'm I live in Fargo. You know, Chase lives in Harrisonburg, and then there's Brian that, that lives in Florida. Um, so we're, we're all obviously live far away from each other, but we're, we're constantly talking, um, you know, whether it's through our whether it's through Slack, the app, which is, you know, just how we communicate with each other or we're hopping on our headsets before and after we record our podcast. Um, you know, to, to bounce ideas off of each other. But I think it is, you know, pretty cool that, you know, when not only that James Madison and, and North Dakota State have the two best programs, but they probably have the, the two most, the two best engaged fan bases. Um, so I think it's really valuable that I'm living in Fargo, um, Chase is living in Harrisonburg, where we can go out and actually talk to the players, actually go to practices, see what's going on, you know, talk to the players and coaches and kind of be, you know, not just have a view from afar of what these programs are like. So I think it's really valuable that that we have we have we have some guys on our staff that actually live, um, you know, where where kind of the hotbeds are of FCS football. Mm-hmm. Well, especially you being up in Fargo, that's got to be a great you know area. You're also a, an NDSU alum, if I remember right. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Yep, I went to NDSU from 2011 to the spring of 2015. So I was here. Um, and cover the first four national championships NDSU won. <laughs> you covered them for the Spectrum, correct? Yep. Uh, I, I was a sports editor at the NDSU Spectrum, the campus newspaper, for two, for two years. Um, and then my senior year, which was 2014, Carson Wentz's first year um, as a starter, I was the editor-in-chief, but I still did, you know, still sat up in the press box and covered the football games. Uh, so, yeah, I had a, you know, I, I was – pretty spoiled as a college student to be able to get that experience of covering, you know, games at Kansas State, at Iowa State, you know, going, going to Frisco. Um, it was a really good experience uh, for me. Oh, for sure. That was a great experience. Dakota, do you have any questions for him? Uh, not so far. It really touched on most things so far. Um, I do have a, okay. Um, you, you touched on the games at set like Kansas State, Iowa State being great. Can you just share what your experience was on game days at those campuses? Yeah. So I know one that you know I can. Um, you know, Iowa State was kind of more of a, a boring game. It ended up being thirty-four to fourteen. Um, but I do remember against Iowa State, um, it was either the, I think it was the first play of the game. I think Carson Wentz fumbled uh, the exchange between the center and quarterback, and I was thinking, oh boy, you know, <laughs> this Carson Wentz guy. I don't know if you know, 
very first snap, he, he fumbled it. I don't know if he's going to be able to replace Brock Jensen. And obviously that was just kind of after one play, uh, what my thought was. And he you know went on to have a great career and is now in the NFL. Um, but as far as 2013, I remember um, that was a brand new press box um, at Kansas State. Um, and it's, you know, kind of, <laughs> you know, it's funny from my, from my perspective that uh, before the kickoff, they unveiled the Bill Snyder statue. Um, unveiled this new press box, and the fans were you know, really excited and just kind of treated the opening game as, you know, just any other game that they're going to win. And then just you went in there um, and had that comeback in the fourth quarter. And one thing I remember is, you know, going down to the press box room, uh, the best way to get down there was basically to, to, you know, take the elevator down from the press box, then walk down the bleachers onto the field and then cut across the field uh, to, get to, the, to get to the press room where the interviews were. Well, when I was walking down the stairs, I had to kind of fight my way through a bunch of Kansas State fans that were walking up the st- walking up the stairs uh, to leave the stadium, and they were basically looked like zombies. I mean, I, I would say, excuse me, they would just stare at me blankly, like I have no idea what just happened. Our team just lost to a team called North Dakota State that's not even in the FBS, <laughs> and I just kind of had to weave my way around everyone because they were just kind of in shock and awe. And I was like, all right, I, I need to get down the field quick, guys. Excuse me. Um, so that's one thing I'll always remember is just kind of you know it was like the zombie apocalypse. Accomplice with uh, with all excuse me with all the with all the um, uh, the Kansas State fans you know walking up the bleachers uh, in shock and awe. <laughs> uh, now, how long have you worked for Hero Sports? Uh, so I started writing for them as a freelancer, um, kind of a contributor, um, in the middle of the 2016 season, um, and then I did the same last year in 2017. I just took on. Um, I just wrote a little bit more for them, but I was still that wasn't my full time job. I was working at, news, at a newspaper, then Bison Illustrated last year at this time, um, and then they made me an offer. I, I met all I met Brian, I met all the editors and all that in Frisco, um, and then a little bit after Frisco, they gave me a call. They gave me a call and said, you know, how would you feel about coming on full time and writing about FCS football all year round? Uh, so yeah, so I came on full time at Hero Sports in May uh, this last May, and this will be my first season kind of writing for them full time. So been with them for the last the last couple seasons, but this is my first season uh, as far as this is my, you know, this being my full-time job. Cool. What are some of the advantages and disadvantages to what you do? Um, I mean, advantages are that, you know, I, you know, it's my job and I make a living, you know, going to football games and talking to football players, talking to, um, you know, talking to coaches and players. And it's always been kind of been my dream to, you know, cover division one football. So that's kind of the perks and advantages of it. Um, you know, I guess I don't really know if there are a lot of disadvantages of it. You know, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of staring at a computer screen, you know, Monday through Friday, which, you know, sometimes, um, you know, isn't the most enjoyable thing looking up stats and numbers and names and who's all coming back. Sometimes that can't be fun. Um, but then, you know, I just remind myself that I'm writing about football and it's, you know, it's really not that bad. So there aren't really a whole lot of disadvantages to it. And it's, you know, a really enjoyable job um, uh, for myself to cover, to, co- to cover the FDS level. Well, and then you even still get to do it right there from Fargo. So you get to still be, you know, connected to your, to your alumni base, but, you're also able to, you know, do your job from up there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. And like, like I mentioned, you know, it's nice to, um, you know, obviously if I'm going to do a feature story on Taryn Christian from South Dakota State or I'm going to do a feature story on Gage Gubert from Eastern Washington, you know, when I do those feature stories, you know, obviously I'm not talking to them face-to-face. I'm not going to fly or drive, you know, to them just to do a 15-minute interview. So it's through the phone. And sometimes you don't always get the best of quotes through the phone. 
um, just because you feel, you know, disconnected from who you're talking to. But with North Dakota State, um, you know, I can go to the Fargo Dome uh, after practices and, you know, look at these guys, you know, face-to-face and ask some questions. So I think that's a big advantage as, as a journalist is if you can, you know, whoever your interview subject is, if you, if you even talk to them face-to-face, that usually makes your story um, that much better. So, yeah, it is nice, you know, being in Fargo and being able to talk to, to this great football team, uh, get some good stories out of it. Well, and you also get to see some of the top talent in FCS football come through because everybody wants to play the best. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm going to look back, you know, who knows how long this run is for North Dakota State is going to last, but I'm sure, you know, oh. 20 years for twenty years from now, I'm going to be kind of, you know, reminding myself, you know, Carson Wentz's career, I was I was able, at, at North Dakota State, I was able to cover Carson Wentz and watch him play. You know, I think Easton Stick is – is going to be a draft pick. I don't necessarily think he's going to be a high draft pick. I don't necessarily think he's going to be, you know, go on to be a multi-year start in the NFL. But it'll still be cool saying, you know, Easton Stick is now, you know, the number two or number three quarterback in the NFL. Um, you know, I got to cover some of his games as well. So, yeah, there's been a lot of great players. Tyler Manuel, Marcus Williams, Billy Turner. Um, you oh. know, there's Joe Haig. There's a lot of guys that are now in the NFL um, that, you know, I can look back on and say, yeah, you know, I, I talked I talked to that guy one-on-one or I saw him play in college. So, yeah, those are, those are kind of the cool things, too, like you mentioned, is, you know, not only talking to these players, but seeing, uh, you know, these great players, um, you know, play instead of, you know, watching them on TV like I do for most of these FCS programs. I get to see them play in person, mm-hmm. which is which is really cool. Oh, yeah. for sure. You get to see guys like Cooper Cup come through the Dome or guys like that. Ex- exactly, yeah, Cooper Cup. I remember – you know the best player that I've probably ever seen come to the game, come to the Fargo Dome is Jarek McKinnon, um, who's you know the Georgia Southern um, option quarterback. Um, he used he last year he was the uh, Minnesota Vikings running back. I can't, I, yeah. I don't believe he's with the Vikings anymore. I'm not, I'm not sure what team he's on, he's but he's still having a really good career. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, and you know he's having a, you know a pretty solid career as the number two guy. I'm in the NFL, but he's he's probably one of the most electrifying guys I've, I've seen to come to the Fargo Dome. He was he was virtually unstoppable. You know, he would get five chunks of carry. Um, just kind of a small five foot eight guy that was, that was a really explosive runner. Oh, for sure. I can't remember he in the first or second year when Georgia Southern came through. Uh, he was the quarterback in 2012. In 2012, and that was when that was the closer of the games. That's when Georgia Southern almost knocked out okay. Florida State. He was the quarterback in 2012. I can't remember which year he was. Cash just watched that game the other day. Mm-hmm. Advantage of the UT Nighters, you can watch those old games. Yeah, there's been a lot, a lot of really good, great games uh, in the far right throughout the playoffs. That's definitely, a, that's definitely, that's definitely at the top. And actually, right now I'm actually watching last year's Illinois State NDC game from normal here. Watching Snowball. Yeah, that guy got, got a little crazy weather-wise. <laughs> yeah, I got to get out in the snow for that one, so that was fun. <laughs> That's the advantages of living now, obviously, normal here. And and I think we've all had those games where we've had to sit out in, in bad weather. I remember a couple of games from, from Western Illinois where there wasn't very many people in the stands because, you know, there's nothing to block the wind and, 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 and you had snow or rain coming down. What's the worst weather conditions that you, uh, that you had to sit in? Uh, boy, you know, none for me, as far as, you know, games I've been to, 
Um, I haven't really suffered, you know, through any bad FCS games. Um, you know, Jacksonville State versus North Dakota State in Frisco, um, I was on the sidelines taking photos uh, that year, and that was pretty cold. Um, but as far as, you know, just oh. any football game, um, you know, there was some a, a couple of years ago, um, I was living in the Twin Cities, the Minneapolis area, um, covering high school sports. And, you know, some of those playoff games went into, you know, like mid-November. And, you know, mid-November in Minneapolis, Minnesota is not very nice weather. It was pretty cold. So mm-hmm. I had some numb fingers covering some high school games a couple of years ago. But I, I, th- I thank God that, you know, North Dakota State plays, plays in, in, inside a dome because, you know, come those playoff games, boy, that there's – I've been out tailgating when it's been negative 10 degrees, and I don't know how football games can be played like that. that that's some brutal weather. Yeah, I've heard stories My about name. games at Old Dakota Field out in the snow and ice. They yeah, back in, the, back, in the D, back in the D2 days, yeah, they, they had to play out there. Yeah. That had to have been brutal. All right, thanks, Sam, for joining us tonight. Of course, yeah, no problem, guys, at all. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you later, then. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Thank you. Yep, yep. Good night. All right, that was Sam Herter of Hero Sports joining us as our guest of the week. I'm trying to think, what do we want to talk about next? You know, and Ooh, here we go. There is here's a topic for you. So okay. I'm currently actually right now with some of the members of our FCS Fans Nation group in a fantasy league picking players. I'm trying to decide who to pick. Mm. See, and look. I got to admit, I, I I'm lucky if I with. We don't have the the pools or the drafts that I'm in. I don't have to worry about it. I just kind of let the computer do that for me, so I don't have yeah. to really think about it. So you know, there's a couple quarterbacks, of course, that you. I mean, if you can get Carson Wentz, of course, that's great. Hopefully, I well, you know he's going to be a. This is FCS football players. Oh wow! So like Easton Stick. I'm trying to think of who to pick. Oh, I already got. I already got Landstone from NDSU. He's available. Um, so this is just simply FCS football players. Current ones? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hmm. I'll tell you what, I, I'm not going to be any help to you on that one. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Cookies. Yeah, you don't want you don't want my advice on that. <laughs> I'll tell you what though, and and, and maybe it would have been a, a good uh, question here for Sam. You know, there's that new kickoff rule that that's going into effect this year again. Um, you know, they're trying to make football safer again. Um, <laughs> if if you have a touchback, it now comes up to the 25 yard line instead of the 20. And then kickoffs were moved from the thirty from the thirty yard line to the thirty five. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? Because I, I I know I have an opinion. And it also that you can isn't it also you can you you don't even have to 
you can call a fair catch inside the like the twenty five and it'd be ruled a touchback. It only have to yeah. be in the end zone. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it's uh if if the fair catch is within the twenty five, it's a touchback and it's brought out to the thirty five yard line. I, I I I'm not a big fan of the rule. I see why they I see why they made the rule, but I I don't I don't particularly care for it. I don't either. I think it penalizes teams that. I'm sorry, Adam, if I cut you off on this one, but I think it penalizes teams that have decent kickers. You know, and I mean, yeah, okay, Western has been known to kick it out of the end zone a, a few times. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It wasn't Illinois State who we saw last year. I'm trying to remember who who we saw last year at homecoming. But you know, both teams, the wind was out of the south. Both teams were mm-hmm. kicking it through the north end zone. I don't know that they could have kept it in, you know, the 35-yard zone. You know, I, this is crazy. That's the, you don't even have to have a really – you don't even have to have a great leg anymore now. Just kick it deep enough and have your coverage team get there fast enough. Someone's going to call a fair catch at the five-yard line and automatically get the ball to 25. It's not the 25, it's the 35. Oh, is it the 35? Yeah, they'll bring it out That's to the 35. Line. I think it's the 35. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they just recently moved it up. Let's see, article. This article says, committee changed the starting position on touchbacks this year or that year. We're seeing team start his drive on the 25. Let's see. Oh, it is 25. I'm sorry about that. I think it's the kickoff. Yeah, I'm going to get out to the 20. I was to say, if it's the 35, I definitely don't like it then. Yeah, no, it is It is the 25. But still, that's still a significant penalty. Yeah, yeah it that's is. the best way to put it. You know, and I understand that, the, I mean, these kids are, 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 are putting their brains literally, you know, in in danger every week. I mean, it's yeah. just an inherent part, part of the sport. But, you, you know, now, now you're penalizing the kicking team. You're penalizing those teams that have decent special teams. Well, you, you know what you're signing yourself up for also. So I get to where they're coming from and trying to protect the head area and all this stuff. But, but I think it's been a little overprotective right now. Mhm. Mhm. Kickoff returns one I'll of the agree. exciting things in a game too. Yeah. And this this also you know to have that that um, to have that fair catch inside the twenty five yard line. You know what's what's the incentive to bring it out now? Right. Yeah, that's true. If you if you know you're not going to get to at least 25, you just got to call a fair catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking, what should we talk there to talk about? While we're on the topic of rule change, a, a question that seems to sparks debate is... Um, yeah, so why not just talk about rule changes that are happening... Well, would y'all would y'all like to see an overtime rule change? Would y'all like to see 
because I know college overtime they start at the twenty five, which is already basically yeah, a red a shirt. good kicker's wheelhouse. Sure. See, they got NCAA made some new rules here. We got ooh a recruiting restriction. See. Looks like they cannot hire people that are associated with recruits to help work out at camps and clinics anymore. Yeah. Um red shirts, I know they moved it to like you can play four games and not pull the red shirt of a player. Is what it is oh, now. Yeah, I saw that one. And then there was something that's like, oh, here's a big one for the championship game. Alcohol can now be served at championship game events. They will now serve I'm alcohol. Almost, nothing against it, but I'm almost surprised that that hasn't happened already. I know I am too. Cause didn't it, I heard Illinois just did that now. You can now sell beer at Illinois College football games or sporting events now. Yeah, this this is the first year that, that that's been allowed. So I can't imagine what that's going to be like. You know, Macomb oh. uh, you know, has, has had a record of, of being a drinking town. I, I, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm a little bit um, curious how that's going to be, you know, going down to that first game where you can get a beer, or, you know, get something to drink. I feel like at least for Western, that will now bring more fans into games. I agree. I remember the, I remember the games I've been there. It was such, it was pretty poorly attended by Western fans. Even I think it was their homecoming when we played you guys about four years ago. I think that one was pretty poorly attended too. Well, and you know, there, the first game of people the year were there, is usually they pretty well attended. What? Yeah. I I think, you know, it, it the first game of the year is usually pretty well attended. And and it doesn't matter whether we've got a great team or whether you know, whether we've got kind of a eh team. You know the the attendance goes down markedly each game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if this does bring some people oh, yeah. and into into the games because I think it was funny how much it excited the alumni base. Oh, yeah. The alumni were, were super excited about this. I think the alumni are probably more excited than the students. <laughs> it's very possible because think of how many of the students can't drink. That's true. It's, it's pretty much upper class and juniors and seniors. It's that. Yeah, depends on how old the juniors But the are. alumni, the alumni base is pretty pumped about this. At least the ones that were commenting, of course, on Facebook. Oh well, yeah, yeah. And I saw a few of them were commenting, "Oh yay, you know, we're gonna, ha- we're definitely gonna have to go to homecoming, or you know, we're gonna have to make a game this year." Yeah, just think of how many at least so for the NDSU game this year. How many NDSU fans will come to that game now? Well, I think you go there just because it, it is such a strong program. 
But you know, yeah, for, for like an more people might come now for that one, at least for NDSU fans, just because they can now drink in the stadium. I don't think for NDSU that it, that it matters. You know, I mean that's that's, that, that's going to be a well attended game. I think. You know, Illinois that's State is sure. usually a fairly well attended game because again they're so close. It's a rivalry. You know. Um, you know, I don't know about about much of the rest of the conference. So Missouri State, that's that, that'd be like, okay, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, no. Southern coming up now. Now you're starting to get you know get the fan base excited, but you know, most of the rest of the conference, especially like the Dakota teams, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, they're they're coming in to play football. Yeah, I feel yeah. Yeah. Trying to look back at the schedule for next week, see if there's any other games you might want to talk about. We're going to talk at all about the Tennessee Tech Chattanooga game next Thursday night. I think that's Chattanooga's game. I do too. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. You think Tennessee Tech can can take that game? I don't know much about them. I don't really look into them much. I'm taking Chattanooga easy. Okay. How about let's see what else is going on at night? Ooh, half hour before that's that's another D2 game. That should be an easy one. Um, how about Weaver State in Utah? That happens right about the time we're starting. I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I think Utah takes it. Well, I mean, yeah, Utah I think Utah. Utah's not been a strong program, but I think that they'll be able to be, you know, a division, you know, FCS game. Oh yeah, I think it'll be a close, at least two score game. Maybe I think it'll be close first half. I think I think Utah wins three or four scores in the second half. Okay, I hear you. You still recording, Jeff? I am still. Uh, yeah, I'm typing away. All right. Make sure <laughs> yeah. I know we want to get track of these. Yeah, the game. Oh, I'll keep track of them. No worries. Yeah, I think another possible upset next week for SDS could be Southeastern Louisiana. They're playing Louisiana Monroe. I actually picked that game for the pool. I think that is going to be a good game. Not sure how I'm going on it, though, yet. Honestly, I, I think that that could be an upset, though. Um. Mm, boy, am I willing to go out on the limb for that though? Yeah, just a second. What time is that game? That that's, game uh, that's a seven o'clock game. Yeah, that's right about uh, Yeah, I, that that that's a wild card game I picked for next week. Um, you'll see that by the way later. Um, All right, sweet. I'm ready to pick those. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm tonight. I'm sorry? 
Remember those DVDs? Over the weekend, I don't know if they're, if they're ready to be to be released yet. I'll have to ask. But um, uh, we've got we've got all the games. Weekend's games. What'd you say? So they won't be including these, this weekend's games then, or will they? Well, we don't do this weekend's games for the pool. So, and by the way, Dakota, if you want to be in the pool, let me know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, I mean, um, Southeast Louisiana and Louisiana Monroe, I, I, I put them as a wild card game. I think that that game could be an upset. I, I just, I'm having trouble pulling the trigger and saying for sure, Southeast Louisiana, that's my pick. But I think it's going to be a close game either way. I, 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 You know, I, I think for right now, I'm just going to say Louisiana Monroe. Oh. Dakota, what's your thoughts? I know that that's a, you know, that that is a FCS, you know, team going to an FBS school, but what do you think? I, I with you, I, I, I'm not really ready to go a certain definite one way, but right now my gut would tell me Louisiana Monroe. Okay. Monroe hasn't been a terrible FBS rule. They've been a really consistent middle-of-the-road team, so I, I think they can handle their business against southeastern Louisiana. I see you. I see you. I'm going to throw a little curveball. I'm going to go with Southeastern Louisiana pulling off a close one at the end. I think whichever way this game goes, it's going to be close. It's, it's a it's a game that could very well be decided fourth quarter, but I, I I'm just I'm just not feeling it for uh, for Southeast Louisiana right now. So I, I'm going Louisiana Monroe, and, and I'll for. For at least the fanatics, I'm going with that as my pick. Oh, uh, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean on Saturday morning when you see when you see these picks released that uh, you know <laughs> next Saturday when you see these picks released that I'm going you know I'm not going Southeast Louisiana. Yeah, this is usually changing my mind for the next week. Yeah. It looks like all the games are worth discussing. Let's go and talk about Central Connecticut State Ball State. Oh, that's Ball State. Yeah. I mean, Ball State's not... Ball State's not been a bad FBS team, but they've always been at least decent. They've they've shown some good, good seasons in the MAC. So I don't yeah. think Ball State's going to have any trouble at all with uh, with anybody you know from FCS that comes in there. And I see, and, and they're, oh, they're not going to they're not going to be picking. By the way, they're not going to be bringing in uh, some you know like a North Dakota State. They're going to be you know be picking like an Indiana State because they'll they'll keep it kind of local there. I'm surprised Connecticut, Central Connecticut, coming in there. Probably both needed a game, so they figured, why not? 
Yeah. It'll be a good experience for Central Connecticut State. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. By the way, did we just – I don't have it down, but did we discuss Moorhead State at Eastern Kentucky? We did not. I don't, I don't think we did. I just glanced by that one, too. I think it's time to, to bring that one up then. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I see Eastern oh. Kentucky pulling that out. <sighs> Just a second, guys. What do you think, Dakota? Um, I'm also going to go, I'm going to also lean Eastern Kentucky, um, old OVC rivals, um, Moorhead's really been down last few seasons. They've struggled against the, even the bad teams against in the FCS. So I, I, I think, I think Eastern Kentucky pull it out at home. Yeah, it's at home. It's a Thursday get- night game. Just a second here. What what do, I should know this off the top of my head. What what conference is Moorhead State in? Are they me? They're Pioneer, I think. Oh jeez, I should have known that. You know, though, looking at that, you're right. Um, it's Eastern Kentucky, I think, all the way on this one. Moorhead State in OVC. I'm sorry. Basketball. Is here Moorhead State? You're out of Moorhead, Kentucky, right? Yeah. Yeah, just, oh, yeah they're, they're, they're in state rivals. Yeah, yeah. they're still OVC. Yeah, and Moorhead used to be in the OVC. But... No, they're right. So they're in the Pioneer. But in fact, they're not even a they... good team in the Pioneer. And I, I hate to say yeah, that. That's I what think, I'm saying. I they think you got better... Yeah. Else, yeah, I I mean Ohio Ohio Valley football is better than Pioneer football. I mean Pioneer football is fun to watch, but I, I don't think that they do very well when they when they leave the conference. And, and of course I say that and then you have you know San Diego and Dayton. And but yeah. you know they, they've done fairly well outside the conference, but other than those two two schools right off the top of my head, I'm not gonna gonna stick my neck out and say that anybody else is gonna do well outside the conference. Mm-mm. I think Eastern Kentucky's probably winning that game. Yeah, I agree. Pretty easily too. Games we got. That might be all the ones we got that are worth actually discussing. Because every other, every other game's uh, D two versus a uh, FCS school. Well, yeah. Oh, no, it's probably gonna be an easy UAB win. Yeah, other than Quincy and Indiana State, I'm really not paying too much attention to a Division II school. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. So if you're looking at Shorter and Stamford, I'm I'm really thinking that's probably <laughs> going to be 
you know, no. I need to be a shorter victory. And, 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 you know, I even look at Savannah State versus UAB next week. That's where I just that has the potential to be a game. But that that has the potential to be a game, but I really think UAB is going to win it in the end. Yeah, I'm trying to say, I think Savannah State, I don't know, only me, they're probably one of my conferences, but I don't know what conference they're in. Since I they're in the, oh, they're in the MIAC. Yeah. I have a feeling they're one of my conferences for some reason. No. Um, but but honestly, I, again, Savannah State, eh, I don't think that they're going to do well, you know, against the UAB. Uh, in fact, no. uh, I was thinking that it might be close for the first half. Uh, it, the turning point of that game, again, might be the national anthem. Yeah, I see that. So I feel pretty confident saying I, I would go UAB on that one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I too would go. I too would go UAB. Probably would lean toward being not competitive at all. Mm-mm. We didn't leaving the MIAC. Yeah, they're moving to. Oh, the kids are leaving it. Oh, really? Okay, well, I can see them moving to. It'd be nice if they moved to the Big South. That might be where they're moving to. The Big South. I need I need a tab here. Just a second. Yeah, I'm just looking. It up right now, actually, see what I'm moving to. I bet I can see it being the big south. No, that's not moving there. Moving to the oh, they're moving down. Oh, I think they're going back to Division Two. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing here. Forgot they announced that last year. They're moving back to the Southern Inter Collegiate Athletic Conference. They're beginning the transition transition right now, actually. Okay. So they should be down there. This might be their last season. Yeah, they're the, this is their last season in the MIAC. Well, and I can so understand that. I mean, it's kind of a shame, but at the same point, you know, it, it makes probably more more sense for them. Yeah, it does.
Yeah. You know, at least at least you know, that they're, least, that they're keep, least, keeping their athletic traditions alive there. They're not having to drop programs, it looks like. I'm seeing the the same thing that you're probably reading. And they're going to be up there with other Georgia colleges, so that'll be a good thing. Yeah. And, and, and who knows, you might even see them pop back up and and challenge somebody in, in the MEAC or somebody in the Southwest Athletic Conference. They got a team, it looks like, in their conference that's in Kentucky, team in Alabama. But most of them, it looks like, are in Georgia. So travel-wise, well, that, that makes more sense. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense for them. And it, the conference consists of HBCUs. Yeah, they got teams from Georgia. South Carolina, Bama, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Ohio. Really good southern team that's down there. Yeah. We've got about five minutes left. Uh, a little bit, I think a little longer than that, about six. Six, yeah. I think we got five forty-five. So we're going to talk about next five minutes. What game are you looking most forward to? Well, I think we're probably easily able to tell what game we're most looking forward to between the three of us. Other than a team that involves our school, tell me what game you're looking most forward to next week. The next week, I'd say I'm gonna go with your school. I'm gonna go with the Western Illinois Montana State game. I think that one we'll be able to see really what each team has. Yeah, I like that game. What about you guys? Well, seeing that Western Illinois and Montana State, you know, would exclude my role of of going for a, a, a game that involves my school. I can't pick that one, of course. Um, and a game that we didn't pick because it's actually going to be a week from Saturday is Northern Iowa and Montana. I'm looking forward to that Ooh. game. I, I, I think that that's going to be a great game. You know, it's, it's out uh-huh. there in Montana again and I think that that's, that's going to be a really tough game for both conferences. And that was, and that was one of the games we had discussed, actually, the BR game of the week next week. Okay. And that's an 8 o'clock game, so it's prime time. Mm-hmm. I think it's perfect. Yeah, that will be a fun game. I I I think that... I think the Panthers will do well against the Grizzlies, except for the fact, again, you're at altitude. Can they handle Montana in Montana? You got soft on us there, dude. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go one with a that's a week from Saturday as well. I'm gonna go FBS FCS Nichols and Kansas. Ooh, that could be a fun game. See that one? That could be. This is FBS. Maybe not for FBS fans, but. Yeah, I think that'll be a fun game to watch. Kansas, not a traditional stronghold of the uh, the Big 12. Uh-oh. Nichols is, has been a, a fairly good FCS program. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think I'm, that that – yeah, I think that that's a good matchup. I want to see if Nichols can take the next step, challenge for the conference title, and what, what better way to start than a FBS upset on the road, even though it is Kansas, still FBS. Yeah. <laughs> that's another one I'm looking at right now that I'm looking forward to next week next. South Dakota State versus Iowa State. I think that game will really see what I SDSU has for receiving core. I think that game's gonna be a good matchup. I still think Iowa State will win it, but I think that game's yeah. a good matchup. Iowa State's improved a lot within the last few years. So I think they I think they win that by two scores, but Yeah, I, and I think yeah. another game that you know that I'm looking forward to next week is um, Georgia State hosting Kennesaw State. You know, mm-hmm. I think again you're going to see a team here that's just going to just dominate. I think yeah. the Owls will go in and just beat the heck out of them. Mhm. Yeah, I, I think I think Kennesaw is in for a really big year. So you know. In like, like Sam's inner city rivalry, another FBS team that's uh-huh. not known for doing much since moving up. So, perfect opportunity for Kennesaw to get started on the right foot and to solidify themselves as one of the top FCS teams going into the season. Definitely, oh, guys. Sure. We've got a minute left. What's your closing thoughts for the evening? Huh? Is it Saturday yet? ESPN <laughs> prime time to watch a good old killing by North Carolina A&T. That's going to be a great old score win by A&T there over the OVC five-time undefeated champion Jacksonville State. Hold it, you're going. Uh, you're going. Um... <laughs> Going and A and T there. Did you not hear what I said? I said it's gonna be a six score win by A and T. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, I agree with Dakota. It's is it time for Saturday yet? I hope so. All right. See yep. you next week. Sounds great. Have a great week, guys. Yep, y'all too. See y'all next week.
Space. Some regions are vast and empty, other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from? Space. Some regions are vast and empty, other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from?